you with podcast series from the social investment business. I'm Nick and today I'm talking to Steve Weiler, Chief Executive of Locality. Can you start by briefly telling us a bit more about Locality and what the organisation aims to achieve? Locality is an organisation that brings together um, a whole movement of community organisations across the UK and increasingly with international connections as well. And they're a particular kind of community organisation. They're community organisations, independent, run by local people, often in some of the most deprived parts of the country, urban and rural, who are really trying to turn things around, who are ambitious for realising their potential within their own communities, even in the most adverse circumstances. And locality is, is fairly new. It was formed as a result of a merger between BASAC and the DTA. How has the merger affected the aims of the new organisation? Well, I think that... First of all, we realised that the Development Trust Association, the DTA and BASAC, had compatible aims, that their members were, perhaps with different histories, but in many senses were like-minded organisations trying to achieve similar things for their communities. I think bringing them together, we realised very quickly the work of the two organisations would fit together very well. In fact, we have been working together for years. I think there's something more, though, and that's realising that through this merger, we're creating a bigger space for community organisations that share those kind of aspirational values. And if we pull off what we want to pull off, we will raise the game for the community sector right across the country. What advice would you give to other established organisations that are seeking to form a merger to secure their future? I would say the most important thing is to be driven by a common mission. Mergers that are forced on organisations because one of them is in difficulty or because a funder or government is putting pressure on to merge, they're often very difficult and sometimes they fail. What really makes a difference, and mergers, mergers are difficult because they, you know, they can be expensive, people can find it difficult to change. Um, so, so the thing that makes it work is a common vision common sense of purpose, a united sense of purpose. And if you can achieve that, then all the other obstacles and problems become capable of solution. Locality is the national delivery partner for the Community Organisers Programme. What impact do you want this programme to have on local communities? What we really want is that people who are excluded from power, people who are often powerless in the face of large organisations and institutions and governments and all the rest of it, are given an opportunity to, first of all, express their own views, their own aspirations, their own frustrations, find their own voice, but then to come together, to combine in association, to work with others, and shift the balance of power, to, to take on things that are blocking their lives, and to find that actually sometimes things can be different, things can be changed. And that's really what the community organising programme is about. In this debate, it's kind of said that people with full-time jobs and families will find it hard to find the time to do extra volunteering outside of those responsibilities. What do you think needs to happen to get more people involved in contributing to their local communities? I think this is a problem, and it's a problem that's probably more acute in low-income areas and deprived areas. And that's because it's not only a question in those places of people being financially poor, they're very often time poor as well. However, our experience is that when people are given an opportunity to use their time in ways that actually are meaningful to them, they can see the point, they can see that their actions can make some contributions and change to themselves, to their families, to their friends, to their wider community, then very often people will take action. It's incredibly motivating to feel that something that you do yourself can make a difference. What often happens is that people are treated as if 
they can't really make a difference. They're consulted about things. Involvement often doesn't really mean involvement, and that's not good enough. So giving people a real role, showing, making it easier for people to pay, play a direct part, that's a trick. Our organisation, Locality, we're learning from some of our best community member organisations around the country, some of them incredibly good at it. We're learning from them and trying to spread some of the best practice more widely, and we're hoping over the next two or three years to mobilise a million people through the work of our local community groups. And what's your favourite example of where a community organiser has changed their local community for the better? But if I look back over the last few years, the thing in this country that I think has inspired so many people has been the success of the Living Wage campaign, where London citizens, supported by community groups and churches and others, have run this fantastic campaign, recognising that it was actually the very low levels of wages for people like office cleaners and so on are really holding back, not just those individuals, but their families and their whole communities. And it's scandalous in a relatively wealthy country not to be paying people properly for those sorts of jobs. And through community organising techniques, they put pressure on large employers, large and small employers, to change their practices in London and elsewhere. And that's been a fantastic campaign. That's the kind of thing that really can make a difference, and people will mobilise behind. The Localism Bill has highlighted the potential for greater transfer of community assets for community use. What do you think needs to be in place in order for a community group to successfully acquire and manage a community asset? I think there are quite a few things to say. To make this really work is not a single solution. What I would say is that there are a lot of people trying to give it a go. There are currently about a thousand attempts to transfer assets from local councils and other public bodies into community ownership. What we need to guard against is transferring liabilities. And also we need to have our eyes open to the difficulties, the inevitable difficulties and risks, and manage those properly. The kind of work that the Adventure Capital Fund has done and the Community Builders Programme more recently, which we would see as engaged investment, where you're providing a mix of grants and loans to help organisations build up viable business operations with their assets, but also giving them investment readiness support, access to feasibility funding, people who have done similar things elsewhere, helping them learn from that, um, uh, peer mentoring programmes. All of this is kind of a part of a package, really, to help people navigate all the obstacles and come out with it at the end with something that is you know, really strong and really resilient. And we know it can happen, we know it can be done. It's been done hundreds of times now around the country. So I think we're I think we're confident that with that kind of approach we can get some really strong results for the coming years. What's the biggest challenge facing community asset managers over the next few years and how could you resolve those challenges? Well obviously the the recession, the, the very difficult economic operating environment has got to be top of the list. Most of the community organisations we're working with that are trying to take on assets are, are doing so in difficult circumstances. These are often land and buildings that other people have failed with, where the state has retreated, where the private sector is not thriving. You know, Sometimes the community organisation is, is the last resource. And if you combine that, which is inherently difficult, with the recession, then you've got a big challenge. So I think being on top of finances, having a robust business plan, organisations that have really strong leadership, that are open to learning from the experience of others, that are very self-questioning, that are well backed by their funders, by their investors, by their local councils, all these things are what can make the difference. It will be for some a rocky path for the next few years. We will see, of course, as you always do in a recession, some organisations seizing new opportunities, being fast on their feet, looking forwards, 
taking managed risks, and some of those, I think, will do very well indeed. Can you tell us about the most unique use of a community asset that has had significant social impact that you've seen? I think we shouldn't, we shouldn't underestimate the fact that when people are taking over a redundant library or school building or office block and they turn it into a, the kind of thing we see quite often, a community centre, space for other organisations, manager workspace, training, conferencing facilities, maybe leisure services, all these things. There's a lot of that happening around the country, but each in its own way, in its own community, is unique. Each is actually being done with imagination and flair, if it's going to work at all. Each brings its own identity, its own character. And if you travel around the country and visit some of these things, you'll see common threads. It's like a golden thread running through all of it, but they all feel very different. That's one thing I'd say. And the other thing is that people are now breaking new ground. The Goodwin Development Trust, which is working in Hull, in one of the poorest estates in the country, in the Thornton Estate in Hull, they've done the kind of asset development I've just described. Their, their Octagon Centre is a fantastic, in fact, iconic example of a really high-quality and ambitious version of that. They're going on to new things. That, In partnership with Hackney Community Transport, they're now running half the bus services in Hull. And their plan is to take over the Humber Bridge, bring it into community ownership, uh, raise loan finance to do that, pay it off in around 10 years, and then it becomes a community asset going forward. We've done with the very formal questions now, yeah. we just have our quick fire round, okay. which is some very short questions and you just mm-hmm. answer one or the other, mm-hmm. uh, whatever your preference is. Night or day? Day. Collaboration or competition? Collaboration. New or vintage? Vintage. Kindle or paperback? Paperback. Cereal or toast? I'm very old fashioned, aren't I? Cereal or toast? <laughs> Cereal. Uh, rent or own? Own. And that concludes an interview with Steve Weiler. Thank you very much for speaking to us today. No problem at all. Don't forget to check our website, www.thesocialinvestmentbusiness.org forward slash an interview with and our Twitter at The Social Invest for the next instalment. And you can find out more about Locality at www.locality.org.uk or follow them on Twitter at Locality News.